Welcome to Supply Chain Radio. This is Greg Kiefer. Today I'm joined in the studio by Scott Fleming. Scott, welcome to the show. Hi, Greg. Thanks for having me. So, Scott, today I thought it would be an interesting discussion to talk a little bit about supply chain visibility, which continues to get more press. You hear more about it at big shows in terms of companies getting value out of it. Some of the analysts are covering it more robustly. So it's been around for a long time, and I think that the market knows it's a good thing, but one of the elements that's been missing is kind of the the value aspect. It's good to see, obviously. It's bad to be blind in terms of what's going on out there in your global supply chain. But from your perspective, how do you see the value of visibility playing out from an ROI viewpoint? Yeah, that's a great question, Greg. And you know that's one of the reasons that I have a lot of appreciation for visibility from a return on investment point of view. From my perspective, there are three ways that organizations can leverage return on invested capital to drive shareholder value for their constituents. First is increasing revenue. Second is obviously reducing costs. And the third is you know reducing invested capital. The nice thing or the beautiful thing about supply chain visibility, it's one of those value proposition that hits on all three of those leverage points. And there aren't many things that do all three, are there? Well, you know, let's look at what visibility does. Start off with the bottom of that equation, the invested capital part of the equation. There are a lot of organizations that have looked at their visibility program as a way of compressing their supply chain. They might see average lead time from origin to destination, you know, before instituting a visibility program as being, let's say, 30 days, and when they're done with it, maybe they're down to 27 or 25 days. And what that does is it really reduces the inventory level out of the supply chain. And when they're taking those inventory days out of the supply chain, what they're doing is they're taking dollars out of their capital base. When they do that, they're driving value for their shareholders and they're improving their return on invested capital. Right, it's funny, I read a story about a big equipment manufacturer that had done this, and I believe they said they took three days out, which equated to $150 million of capital, right, that was freed. Oh, that's great, that's great. So what are the other ones? Well, let's move up the tree a little bit and talk about cost. That is probably the second most common area that folks look to visibility is improving their operations and helping them to reduce costs in their supply chain. A lot of times it's specifically within transportation and there's a lot of low hanging fruit there because there is such a significant hard dollar spend on transportation costs for manufacturers. So let's look at some of the the basics that you can reduce. You know, you're reducing your shipment costs through improvements in container utilization. You're reducing your dwell time and the costs related to detention and demurrage. You're helping to manage your insurance costs. You're helping to reduce your document processing costs. There's many, many ways that a visibility program can help to reduce costs in the supply chain. Yeah, and it's funny because I feel like when you talk about logistics, sometimes it gets a bad name, like it's, oh, well, that's tactical and it's not that exciting. It's not as cool as segmentation or transformation initiatives, right? But I've seen some case studies where companies attacked logistics first with visibility, which is probably much easier to do than, say, segmentation. And you're seeing ROI being quoted in 85 million, 100 million, 200 million dollars, which is big numbers. Those are huge numbers, and it's a great place to start. So you get that value right out the gate versus waiting five years to implement something much more elaborate. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And what's the third pillar? Well, the third pillar would be revenue. And revenue is often associated with 
the improvement in customer service or customer satisfaction that manufacturers or retailers can associate with visibility. Imagine you're buying a product from a manufacturer or a retailer and you have no visibility as to when that product is going to arrive. And when it does arrive, you're not available to receive it or it arrives far later than you thought. The chances of you returning to that manufacturer or retailer to buy again are very low. So a lot of the premise of improvements in visibility driving improvements in revenue are tied to customer service and satisfaction. But there's other even more tangible business cases that customers have put together or found that having reliable information about the timing of arrivals in a given destination allows them to lock up revenue and goods transfer within a very specified or discrete time period, accelerates the document processing and allows them to accept the receipt and book revenue. Well, yeah, and you'd think that in this era of lean, just-in-time inventory strategies, it's more important than ever, right? Because any little disruption and you've got a problem, you've got to have that ability to see and respond almost instantaneously, right? Absolutely. So, Scott, if you were to prescribe to our audience, you know, where do you start? Okay, yeah, I need visibility and I like it, I want it, I've got a problem or I have problems. How would you begin to go down this visibility journey? I mean, because you don't want to go at this as a massive 20-year project. You want to start small and grow, correct? I think it's a pretty straightforward question there, Greg. And where I would start would be where the greatest amount of pain exists. Visibility can be used to address a lot of different challenges within the organization. You want to go after the lowest hanging fruit first, and there is going to be low hanging fruit. And it's a simple matter of identifying or prioritizing those use cases that are most important and most likely to drive value into the organization. Right, and I suppose one little add-on to that is it's probably not the same for any two organizations, even if they're in the same industry, right? Yeah, not likely. It's it's rare, right? You go into these different companies, they may be the exact same company in the same department, yet they have vastly different problems they're trying to solve. Absolutely. So that's probably another guiding principle is read the case studies, look at what's being done out there, but think of what's potentially possible for you versus just replicating what everyone else has done. I think that's a great point, but never be afraid to go back to the fundamentals that says you're gonna find value somewhere, whether it's revenue, cost, or invested capital, you're gonna find a value proposition in one of those three, if not all three. Right, and the chances are the value's pretty big. Right. Okay, well thanks for coming on the show, Scott. This is Greg Kiefer, this is Supply Chain Radio, and we are signing out. 